0: Good morning, I'm Alice Stempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Thursday, the 9th of November. In your Squiz Today, Optus gets back online, targeting tunnels in Gaza, Aussies are told to get water-wise, and a chef's kiss for a kitchen marathon. This is your squiz today. You won't need us to tell you this if you're with Optus, but yesterday more than 10 million of the company's customers woke up to a national network outage. Services went down around 4am and things really only began to come back online yesterday afternoon. So I'm sure Squizzers will not be surprised to hear that it's the biggest telco outage in our history.
1: Yeah, it started with Melbourne's train services. Then we got word that hospitals and banks were also affected. There was a big worry about triple zero calls. They weren't going through even in the SOS mode, which normally would allow for emergency calls. So Optus told customers to find a family member or neighbour with an alternative device. Um, Um, Amongst those 10 million customers are about 400,000 businesses that were affected. And I don't know about where you are, Alice, but certainly around my neighbourhood, plenty of businesses just didn't open yesterday because they couldn't transact.
0: Yeah, some did open though, and they say they relied on an honesty policy with their customers to come back and pay later. Optus says services have been restored now, but as for what caused the outage, the company really isn't sure yet.
1: Yeah. And about mid-yesterday, what the CEO, Kelly bayer Rosmarin said is that a technical network fault is behind it. That's a pretty vague kind of bucket to put it in. (laughs) Uh And one thing, though, that she did rule out is a cyber attack. And just on that, there was Plenty of criticism yesterday that the company was slow to respond. The communications minister, Michelle Rowland, stepped up. Um, She called on Optus to provide transparent and timely updates to customers. And there were plenty of commentators yesterday criticising Optus for the way that it had handled things, saying that the company really should be match fit when it comes to managing a crisis because of that massive data breach last year.
0: That criticism forced Bea Rosmarin to apologise. She said the outage was a very rare occurrence. And as things get back online today, the question of compensation has come up. Nothing has been settled there, but the telecommunications industry ombudsman said that it can help customers with compensation claims, refunds and contract disputes. Claire, we've been speaking about Israel's move to encircle Gaza City over the last week or so and Israeli authorities say that's now happened.
1: Yeah, it has happened and what Israel's Defence Minister Yov Galant yesterday said is that now that they've done that, they'll go tunnel to tunnel to try and flush out the Hamas terrorists. Uh, what he says is that his troops have also found the leader of Hamas in Gaza. That's Yahya Sinwar. He's been surrounded in his Bunker. So no doubt we'll hear more about that in the coming days. And as the military made those moves, the international diplomatic discussions have largely begun to turn to what might happen after this sort of second phase of the fighting is over in Gaza.
0: Yeah, Israel's pitched its idea to reoccupy Gaza to prevent further Hamas attacks that way. But the White House rejected that yesterday. And the G7 foreign ministers have also been talking. They're considering things like sending a multinational force to Gaza or setting up an interim Palestinian-led administration. If you're in Western Oz, New South Wales or Queensland, you might already be in an area that's being affected by drought. But the whole country is headed into what's expected to be a hot and dry summer, so authorities want everyone to get water savvy.
1: Doesn't it feel like two seconds ago that we were talking about how much rain we were getting, (laughs) particularly on the east coast of Australia? But very quickly we've transitioned to these drought discussions. Um, In those states that you mentioned, households are being urged to implement water-saving measures now. That's before water catchment levels really dropped to low, low levels Uh, Sydney Water is one that has released a new report what it found is that many city slickers there believe that there's an endless supply of water because of all of that rain Um, so it really wants people to know that already that part of the world is currently drought affected Um, even though most of the dam levels are still pretty high the experts say it might not stay that way for long
0: And for those who enjoy cooling off in summer with a glass of wine, you might want to stock up on a few of your favourite bottles if you can. Extreme weather has pushed global wine production to its lowest level in more than 60 years and Oz is among the countries who have seen the biggest drop. are only one consideration. Read the PDS and TMD on the website. We're not at Squiz the Day yet, Claire, but fun fact, or not so fun, it's National Venomous Bites and Stings Day. So, After that warning about low water levels that we just made, there's also a PSA today about Australian critters.
1: Yeah, gee, hasn't this been a cheery podcast? We've got (laughs) drought, we've got war in the Middle East and we've got Optus going down. So let's talk about being bitten by something really nasty. Um, Obviously, we've got quite a few venomous critters here in Australia and some research done by the vaccine company CSL says that most Australians are pretty unprepared head when it comes to knowing what we need to do if we do actually have a nasty bite or sting. Um, what it says is that we're not good at identifying the correct first aid steps to treat anything um, and that only 8% of parents say that they feel confident about delivering first aid to their child if they get a bite or a sting. Um, that's a big decrease even though it's just at 8%. Um, quite a few more parents used to know three years ago what to do.
0: Australia has more more than 3,000 hospitalizations each year, so experts do say that a little education on this will go a long way. But we're not the only country dealing with bitey things at the moment, Claire. South Korea has a bed bug infestation. That's after the bugs made headlines in France a few weeks ago, and they seem to be getting closer to us.
1: Yep, again, another cheery update for you this morning. <laughs>
0: Claire, food might be a happier topic for us to touch on today. (laughs) And there's a new Guinness World Record holder here to save the day. Appropriately, he's an Irish chef. Alan Fisher has clocked a whopping 119 hours and 57 minutes of nonstop kitchen time.
1: It's really a long time to be cooking away in the kitchen. What he's done is he's completed a culinary marathon. He's got an Irish-themed restaurant in Japan. To keep himself busy, what are has done is peeled 300 kilograms of potatoes, <laughs> he's baked 357 kilos of soda bread and whipped up 3,360 meals. So that definitely seems to warrant a record and a mention in the Guinness World Record book. Um, If that sounds like a lot of hard work, he says it was. He says that he hallucinated at times and that he now has a very sore back.
0: I am not surprised. The previous record holder was a Nigerian chef. Her name is Hilda Barsi, and she notched up nine. 23 hours of continuous cooking just earlier this year. She actually started a craze in her home country with that. People there were trying to cry and sing non stop just to make it into the record books, which <laughs> is pure dedication. She has very graciously congratulated Fisher on his achievement. Hopefully, he's toasting it with a Guinness Claire. Yeah, in
1: his Irish themed <laughs> restaurant, that seems very appropriate
0: squeeze the day, Claire. What could possibly top National Bites and Stings Day?
1: (laughs) It's a big question, (laughs) isn't it? I don't really know. But there are AGMs, um, annual general meetings with shareholders coming along to talk to the directors and the executives of Nine Entertainment. Of course, it's our biggest media company. Uh, We've got Star Entertainment and then Maya Holdings. So a big day for those shareholders.
0: And that wraps us up today. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with you tomorrow.